everyone and uh, welcome. This is Emmanuel and you are listening to the UX Research Club, the podcast that is dedicated to the rising field of uh, user research. Who is this show for? It is for everyone, actually. Everyone interested in UX, product development, digital transformation. Whether you are working in a large organization or for a startup, this podcast is for you. Before starting the episode today, I wanted to thank everyone for listening to the first episode on the origin of user experience research. I'm amazed of the reach of the podcast and thank you all of you in South America, in the US and Canada, Europe, Australia, Asia and Africa. I also wanted to mention that several people send me messages with comments and also with some questions. I will try my best to reply to everyone and I will also make a combo of the frequent asked questions. Some are very interesting actually. And I will create an episode probably with all those questions, probably at the end of the first season. I wanted to say a big thank you to my research team. They have been wonderful in helping me to shape some of the ideas and they gave me a lot of feedback. It's not always easy to give feedback to your own manager. So thank you so much for your support and your honesty. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the fact that user experience research is far more than usability. I will start by defining what usability is, and I will take the opportunity to highlight the importance of putting the user at the center of the product development. I'm also going to talk today about the different approaches that have influenced user experience research to become an incredible discipline that is becoming essential to all businesses and organizations. But what is usability? So usability is an approach that comes from the field of human and computer interaction. As I mentioned last week in my podcast on the origin of UX research, it is very interesting to see how usability has emerged. If you're interested, you can still listen to uh, the podcast. The primary objective of usability was to assess the performance of a product and to assess whether or not the user could complete a task, such as making a search, finding information, or downloading a document. You can see in the etymology of the word usability the following word, ability and use, which means the ability to use. Usability focuses on several pillars, the efficiency, the satisfaction, the ease to use, the learnability, without forgetting errors rate, success rate, completion rate. Generally, usability focuses its attention on performance of the user while using the product. So how did we do usability testing? Before, we didn't have the technology to do remote testing. The equipment was not that easy to carry around. It was quite heavy and we had a lot of cables. So we had to invite participants to come to our labs to participate to our research. We prepare scenario in which we had a series of tasks that we asked a participant to perform. We capture data basically, as I mentioned earlier, to evaluate the performance of the product. We use Excel table in which we capture the time on task, whether or not the participant could complete the task, as well as capturing the number of errors. Very often, at the end of the sessions, we were using the system usability scale, which is a form with 10 statements to be rated from zero to five, from strongly agree to strongly disagree. 
the source analysis give a score, uh, not a percentage, with an average of 68. I will cover in more detail the source in my episode dedicated on uh, how to run a user testing session in the coming weeks. Personally, I'm a big fan of the SU score uh, because it gives a quick score that can alert and inform the product team and the decision maker of the situation of their product. When we brought the result of um, the usability testing, in my opinion, they were a bit limited and did not give the real picture of the interaction with the product. Time on task, errors rate, you know, only give a very small aspect of how the user was interacting with the product. I do not come from the field of engineering, but from psychology and research in human interaction. And I was collecting a lot of data in natural setting. So it was evident that usability testing were, for me, far too limited. You should understand that I spent hours and hours doing fieldwork recording human interaction of people interacting with objects in natural setting when I was doing my thesis for my PhD on aphasia. Of course, when I found myself doing usability testing, I immediately used this opportunity to capture much more interesting data during the sessions. I was asking many questions and also allowing the user to express themselves more naturally. Uh, discovering the user was so exciting. The conversational approach allowed me to capture data that answering many questions such as who are they, which tool they are using and why, who were the users, what was the context, what was their life, you know, that really gave me much more insights. This allowed me to analyze and understand their behavior, their motivation and why they wanted to use the product. I use a different approach, bringing a new perspective on the product development, putting the users at the center and trying to understand them and identifying their needs in order to extract recommendations that will help the product team to make the best decision they could to meet the user needs and expectations. I have nothing against usability testing. Actually, usability testing is obviously the basis of a successful product. Because, to be honest, if the user cannot use a product, what is the point in launching a product that no one can use? Usability has been very important for the development of the user experience research, UX research. Besides, I always, always use SUS and I ask my team to use it systematically when doing a user testing. Nevertheless, for me, the first part of the session with users are essential because they allow me to understand the user and their needs. This helps to put the user at the center of the product development. Very often during the development of a digital product, the decision and the direction are taken and made by the product manager or the decision makers of the company or the organization. They create a product that they think is going to be useful for the users. And once the product is developed, they realize and maybe people are not using it. So part of a job is also to identify if the product is needed. Now, especially in Anglo-Saxon countries, before developing a product, the product team wants to understand who will be using the product, who are they, what are they doing, what is the context, and uh, what are their needs. The discovery phase is very important. Unfortunately, this phase is very often neglected, forgotten or skipped by the product team because they do not have the time and want to start the development in order to launch a product as soon as possible. 
Let's talk a bit about this discovery phase. In general, the discovery phase takes place at the beginning of a project before the development of the product or the new features starts. In theory, I mean. This phase aims to understand the current situation. How many people are using the product? How often they are using it? Um, if you already have the product. If you don't have the product, who will be the potential user? Who are they? What do they do? What do they need? It's all those questions we need some answers. But also during this discovery phase, we want to find out if there is any data available from previous research or any data such as analytics, audits, research studies, etc. When, you know, just start looking, if you already have some research, before replicating it, just revisit previous research. You can always identify a gap. It's not going to stop you to do more research. Another advantage of the discovery period is to identify what are the objectives of the organization. As I mentioned earlier, very often the product manager or the business, they don't have a clear idea of what they want to do. They have some ideas, but it's not crystal clear. So the discovery phase really allows the different actors of the product team to align, agree on what they want to accomplish. The most important part of the discovery is to understand your users and the user needs. If you don't do that, it will be very difficult for you and challenging to develop a successful product. As you can see, usability is a very small part of the user experience research. The discovery phase is fundamental, essential, and must be carried out before starting uh, the development of a new product. I know that it's not always possible to do it before starting the new product or a new feature. Sometimes we have to start a research project when the product is already in production or live. It is not always possible to do the discovery phase before. Therefore, what we can do is during a user testing session, we allow some time to carry out some discovery work, which will allow us to understand the user, their needs, their requirement and their expectation. At the same time, we try to get a hand on all the data which are available, such as analytics, survey, previous reports, etc., etc. We will analyze them and combine them with all the data and trying to find some correlation and gaps. But let me give you an example. I was doing a piece of work for a company in the betting sector. Um, they were planning to redesign the section of my account and before starting the work, they contacted me to take on this work. The section of the site hasn't been revisited for uh, quite a long time, I think since the creation of the site. And before initiating any work, they wanted to know what the user wanted. Actually, this company was uh, quite ahead of the game because it was more than 10 years ago when they contacted me to do some research. So I decided to start with a discovery. I went to see the data scientist and asked them to extract some data from me in order to analyze the activity on my account section. Once analyzed, I could identify that there were very little activity on my section, withdraw and deposit. A bit strange because how do you expect people to actually place a bet or withdraw money after winning a bet if there is no activity on the website? So very quickly, I decided to go and see the financial department in order to ask them what was the other possibility to actually deposit and withdraw money. So the financial team told me that the client could contact the customer service, which could help them to deposit and withdraw money. 
So I decided to go for a little trip outside London to visit the customer service and organize a meeting with the telephone operators. The session was recorded in order to capture the comments and analyze them afterwards. I asked them what was the main topic of the customer call and they could tell me very quickly that the majority of their call were related to ad money and withdraw money. But another point was raised is that they had many calls to remove expired cards and to add a new card. It turned out that the user could not withdraw or add money to their account where their card was expired. So they called the customer service to replace the expiry card with a new card. I also asked the customer service if they were capturing data on the nature of the call, and they say yes. Hooray! They captured the call allocation and the call were categorized. So I asked them if they could give me the data of the call allocation for the last three months in order for me to analyze them and to match them against the data I got from the usage from the analytics. Once analyzed, I realized that there were a correlation between the lack of traffic on the site from the withdrawal and the deposit and a high volume of call on the depo for deposit and withdrawal. That meant that users could not do the necessary task on the site, therefore they called the customer service. Also, by analyzing the data, I realized that there were also a large number of calls to replace expired card. It turns out they couldn't do it themselves on the side due to the anti-money laundry legislation. When I came back to London, I decided to do a focus group with the customer in order to understand their point of view on the situation. They all told me that they were really, really annoyed with the situation of not being able to replace an expiring card. Therefore, they had to call the call center. They explained to me that they had a limitation on the number of cards they could put on their account and the Once the cards were all expired, the user couldn't perform any activity on the site. And their only solution was to call the customer service center. Without this discovery research, nobody in the organization could have realized this problem. The outcome of the discovery initiated a new project that was focusing its attention to facilitate the replacement of an expired card. And once the solution was put in place, the activity of deposit and withdrawal increased on the website which automatically reduced the number of calls to customer service. Basically, the research permitted to increase revenue and to reduce the cost. Next week, I will be talking about the subject of a return on investment in user experience research. But let's go back to this case study. When I analyzed the data of the focus group I did with a customer, I identify some interesting uh, feedback and uh, had many information about who were the user, what were their needs, which competitors they were using. So I had so much information about them. I analyzed the data and the finding of this research provided valuable insight that really helped the product to improve my account section, thereby taking into account the user needs and their requirements. As you can see, the discovery is very important because it provides evidence and makes it possible to make recommendations that will help in the development of the future of a product. You could see in this example how the data analytics helped to guide the discovery phase. Data analytics is a starting point when we have a digital product which is already active or live, and it helps to understand what is going on. The analytics data will answer to the question how much, how many, and when. 
It will also identify spikes such as high or low volume of activity on your site. But to understand who, what, why, and how, you have to add the UX research team to use qualitative research methods. I'll give you another example about analytics. I did another project for a company that offered snack box that customers could order online and they were receiving the snacks through their letterbox. The company was doing well and they decided to launch a new offering, which was to send a box to a friend or family member as a gift. When we looked at the analytics data, the results showed that the user, the customer, went to the gift page, but it never resulted in a sale. They asked me to do a research project to understand why customers were not buying the gift box. I prepared some user testing session in which the first part was a discovery and the second part was a testing, several user journeys, and one of them was to test the gift box offering. It turned out that when I tested the user journey, the user who already had an account and will receive already snack box every week, tried to add the gift box. So far, everything was going well. The participant looked at the page, looked at the gift, were very pleased. They start adding that into their basket. They added the address of the destination of the friend or family member. And then they got a payment screen. They were quite surprised. And actually, uh, the company was asking them to put their bank details again, keeping in mind that they had their card already safe in their account. As a result, I was not surprised and customer abandoned the pursuit of a gift offer. Once all the sessions were analyzed, several points were identified. But let's go back to the gift offer. The product team developed a solution that automatically used the safe card in the customer account to per-search a gift offer. A few months later, as you can imagine, we could see an increase in site traffic and also an increase in revenue. Data analytics is very important for user experience research as it is a starting point that allows us to identify anomaly in usage and activity and help us to identify what we need to investigate. Only then we can deploy a qualitative method to understand the why and how. Now I would like to talk to you about one-to-one -one session with users. These sessions are very important as they are the essence of all the user experience research work. We use the following approaches to collect data. Interview, user testing, contextual inquiries, and guerrilla testing. Interviews can be done in person or remotely. Now we can use video conferencing tool that records sessions such as Zoom, Skype, Teams, or WebEx. User testing is a session where the first part is generally an interview in which we follow by a testing of a prototype, mock-up testing, or a build product, or a product in production. Session can also be in person, in a lab, or remotely, with the use of a video conferencing tool that can also record interactions. Contextual inquiries are field research, where the researcher will collect data in a natural environment, such as a workplace, or participant home, or in a coffee, or while working when testing a mobile application. The contextual inquiries provide very rich data and allow you to immerse yourself in the user environment and really identify the interaction between the user and the product. During COVID, we couldn't do many uh, contextual inquiries. Actually, we had to stop, sadly. But I hope we will start again very soon. And finally, the guerrilla testing, which is a quick test which allows testing on a design or on small feature. 
This should not last more than 20 minutes and is done in a more spontaneous way, although it requires a rigorous preparation. All these methods are qualitative. We usually record audio, video, and also screen activity. But it is important to obtain consent before recording anything. If your participant doesn't want to be recorded, you must not press the record button. In a few weeks, I will do an episode dedicated to participant recruitment and I will raise the point of ethics because I think it is a very important subject in qualitative research. I think you are all familiar with the questionnaire service. The preparation of questionnaire is top-down, which means that we create the questionnaire based on assumption, and then we validate or not those assumptions with the survey. Sometimes we can also add some open questions. Survey can be done in person, by phone or online. And as you know, more and more surveys now are done online. The advantage of the survey is that you can reach out a large audience and it should be faster in theories to get replies. And the analysis is relatively quick in comparison to qualitative research methods. The problem we've got with online survey is that most users are tired of receiving a large number of surveys in their mailbox. Therefore, they don't even open the email nor reply to the survey. Another problem is that very often the number of respondents is not sufficient to produce reliable and valid results. Therefore, sometimes we get much better results by doing individual sessions with 16 and 20 participants using qualitative research method that using an online survey, which is quantitative, which will only have hundreds of respondents. I find that online surveys are good for validating results from qualitative studies. Surveys are also a good tool to capture responses, but I think this method should not be used in isolation. As you can see, user experience research is far more than usability testing. UX research uses scientific research methods, quantitative and qualitative, to understand and evaluate user behavior, needs, and motivation when using a digital product. We use a range of research methods to collect data, such as interviews, user testing, contextual inquiries, guerrilla testing, analytics, and online and telephone survey, as well as usability testing. They are not the only method we use, but they are the one we use the most often. And finally, the most important point of user experience research is that we put the user at the center of all our investigations. enjoy this episode today and if you have any question or topic that you want me to cover you can contact me on info at uxresearchclub.com you can also find a lot of information about user research by reading my book on practical user research which cover how to integrate user research into the product development detail will be in the description of this podcast and finally if you want to support the ux research club please share it with your network on social media and also write a review that would be great See you next week for a new episode and thank you for listening. Goodbye.